calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. stand together a pop culture academic symposium we are the professors of pop culture so true we are smart mm -hmm. people talking dumb topics and i'm caitlin bits guy and i'm lauren brickman you know just wrapping up finals week of the summer oh, wow. session looking forward to the fall session that starts just 10 wow. days later so that's that's where i'm at listeners. yeah so you only get the 10 days mm -hmm. of real summer which i assume you're still teaching through yes because one of my schools is not on the same academic calendar so how dare they yeah it's really rude how schools don't line up like that but as you know just so everyone knows i fully expect to say some things that are just bizarre today because i'm just <laughs> I'm a sleepy fam i'm a little sleepy fam 
But it's go. also because it's but I really can't blame work because once again, Caitlin, uh-oh. I am binge watching something again. I folks, you know each week we're we're talking about what we're standing, what we're obsessing about mm-hmm. and I have fallen into a rewatch that I wasn't prepared for. I wasn't planning, but I can't stop. I am I'm rewatching The Fosters from the very oh, beginning. Wow. From the very beginning. Wow. <laughs> from the very okay. beginning. A Fosters rewatch. I was inspired by our recent conversation with uh, Morgan Miller as we were exploring um, various lesbian icons. And, and Rosie came up a lot. And I remembered, well, Rosie was on The Fosters. And so I started a Fosters rewatch. I just got to the part where Rosie is running the girls home. Um, I'm paused on the episode right now where they go to the zoo, I think. I think they were at a zoo and the trans uh, man. Are we talking about Rosie O'Donnell? Yes. Ta- Wait, breakthrough. Sorry. Breakthrough. Our, our guest today has been losing it since the Fosters okay, came up. Because I need, because if you don't know what I'm about to tell you, then like we're going to derail the whole entire oh my God, world right oh my now. God, oh my God, Did so- you guys see the Rosie O'Donnell TikTok the other day? Which one? Like, she does like a hundred. I don't think I Rosie did. Rosie O'Donnell posted a TikTok the other day because she had a lunch planned with Abby Lee Miller and <gasps> doesn't have her number and just posted a TikTok being like, Abby Lee Miller, I need to reschedule a lunch and I don't have your number. Please, someone show this TikTok to Abby Lee Miller. <gasps> oh. I literally, like, I cannot explain to you. I actually cannot explain to you the, like, physical. I was, I think I was in a cab and I, my entire body went rigid and this TikTok is just <laughs> looping and I was like I don't know what to do like I there the list of people to send this to is infinite the comments I have like I actually I'm literally just gonna find it and I lost my mind at this TikTok like it r- literally broke me in half and I just needed to make sure you both knew before like a single other word was uttered about Rosie O'Donnell like she literally is like Abby Lee Miller I don't have your number I have to reschedule lunch again I'm so sorry <laughs> I don't have your number. Then how did they schedule the lunch? Through assistance, I guess. Oh, my God. I have so many questions, but I feel so inspired and powerful now knowing that that's just out there. Yeah. I mean, this is so... It's like my favorite thing that's ever happened. This is amazing because our recent episodes have been on uh, lesbian breakups and makeups. We talked about Rosie O'Donnell a lot. We had TikTok with Nathan Pearson. And now we have Rosie on TikTok again. TikTok, you don't stop. We... We've now said that phrase in so many episodes in a row. And it's, it's wow. this has become a Rosie O'Donnell TikTok <laughs> podcast. And I am not troubled by that at all. I TikTok, think, you don't stop. It's so funny. I don't think anyone that's ever met us is surprised by this pivot that we've done. No, they surprised how long it took. Yeah, honestly. Wow. Well, um, so anyways, I guess that's just the universe making me feel even better about my choice to dive deeply back into the Fosters from season one, episode one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin, what are you standing this week? I love this because my stands are always um, a letdown that the listeners hate. And mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. one works so well <laughs> because uh, we had such a fantastic time exploring yours. And mine mm-hmm. is oatmeal. <laughs> Caitlin... <laughs> it's a good breakfast treat. I go on and off oatmeal and I'm back on hard. And, you know, you can put peanut butter in oatmeal. You can put bananas. You can put blueberries. You can put so many things. It's a great breakfast. Check it out. 
Caitlin, I just want to say, I, I respect that. I think, you know, I've been busy this week and I, I just want you to know, like, even if I'm busy, like if you're not doing well, please reach out. You don't have to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. I just put in our shared document that the only thing I'm standing is oatmeal. I'm clearly fine. Okay. Well, now I just feel bad. I feel bad with all those. I, I watched 15 episodes of The Fosters in the past two days. Meanwhile, you're over here standing oatmeal. And- you're not fostering. Your friends. <laughs> I just feel like clearly you standing oatmeal is something I've done wrong. That's all. Good to take that on. And and someone we always stand, and it's a sign of mental health, is our mm-hmm. guest. You've already heard from him today. <laughs> we can tell this episode is going to be a treat and a roller coaster. <laughs> Please welcome Jake Cornell. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry to report Rosie deleted the TikTok. Like no! I'm going to f- I'm I'm going to find the it, hard file and I will send somewhere. it to both of you. But like it'll be somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm realizing in my rigidity, the one thing I didn't think to do was download yep. it to my phone, and mm. I actually will never forgive myself for that. And what are they going to have lunch about? A potential project? Is Rosie playing her in a narrative film? They should play that sisters. That would change my life. They should play sisters. For Rosie though. O'Donnell to recreate that scene when she is. Running away the, from the woman. To go to the police, to file a police report. <laughs> I, would, she's going, I would die. Doesn't she say she's going to Baskin Robbins or something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's incredible. For Rosie O'Donnell, if I could be a PA on that set, anything, I would do anything to be there. Well, shockingly, though, folks, today we're not talking about TikTok. We're not talking about Rosie, though I'm sure both will come up again. Today we're talking so cal shows that's right your favorite tv shows from socal uh southern california we're 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 going to the west coast today and as always we want to put you at ease with our credentials how we became you know experts on such a topic caitlin what's your cred today so my cred is as a child uh Mm -hmm. i watched 90210 i was like Mm -hmm. seven years old my mom bought me a locket that had the cast on it. I wish I still had it. I don't know where it went. My math teacher asked me, is that my family? And I said, yes. Um, Another credit that I accidentally have is I'm currently wearing a 90210 shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, This week, my credit is that when I was an intern at a theater company, uh, I was supposed to be setting up like a barbecue for all of the talent. And one of my jobs was I was supposed to get and tap a keg. I got the keg. I couldn't figure out how to tap it. So I was rescued by actor Logan Marshall Green, who played Ryan's brother on the OC for nine episodes. And he helped me tap a keg. So... That's my credit today. Wow. Thank you, Logan Marshall Green. Uh, that's that's a phenomenal credit. Do I give one now? Of course. Okay, so my credits are <laughs> I've seen every episode of The Hills and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which gives like a really 360 view of Southern California. And then I've seen every episode of Charmed at least three times. And that gives you the Northern California contrast. So wow. you get a clear idea Good point. of Southern California. Good yeah. point. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. And what in your estimation from those viewings is the difference between Northern and Southern California. Blonde brunette, baby. (laughs) Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Sometimes, you know. Simple. And of these SoCal shows, uh, which, do you have a favorite? I mean, Buffy is definitely the one I've watched the most, Mm -hmm. but then I would say, I mean, for me, The Hills was really it. Okay. The Hills was like a huge moment. And like me and Casey McCormick, who you both know, really have like put a lot of work in in our lives and just like analyzing and discussing The Hills. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And do you feel Casey McCormick, former guest on this 
podcast. Yeah. And and how do you feel like your life is different because of the hills? Like mm-hmm. in a version of your life where you did not encounter the hills, what is that version of Jake doing? Um, he probably never went into comedy because he has a much more realistic view of what the world looks like as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> the level of delusion that I was able, because like I was like, mm-hmm. I was just a little too young and a little too impressionable to just take on. I mean, like Adam Develo creates like reality, the opium level of reality TV, just like addictive, high satisfaction reality TV that my little ch- whatever it was, 11 year old brain did not understand was not real life. And I really mm-hmm. took it in powerfully and deeply. Wow. And are you a Selling Sunset fan now? Don't even get me started. Yeah, my we are Selling Sunset home. My boyfriend, it's my boyfriend's like truest source of joy. He's watched the entire s- series three times. Wow. Um, we're we're big on Selling Sunset in this house. And how does your home feel about Chriselle dating one of the absolutely twins. destabilized, destabilized. We are a destabilized home. Um, when that in, when that Instagram went up, when that Instagram went right. up, mm-hmm. I lost my full mind. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how are you recovering right now? I, I appreciate that you're here at all. The thing you have to do with selling sunset is you just have to sit back and mm-hmm. just marvel at how. I don't think they're, and I'm saying this quite genuinely, I think they are the, I don't know that there have ever been better reality TV performers. Like they, like I I would say specifically like Christine Quinn is like a, is like the Meryl Streep of reality television stars. Like her, she understands the assignment so well, Mm -hmm. creates such insane drama and just knows how to show up the next day with a Frappuccino and an apology. Mm -hmm. And it's just incredible to watch. And Chris this I mean, like, at first, I, of course, you see the JLo effect Instagram go up. You mm-hmm. see Ridiculous. the final. You see the final slide. You think, "Oh my god, funny joke." You see the comments of all of the cast being like, "Love you both so much." You realize it's not a joke. First off, the construction of that experience alone, like the fact, the arc that I you have just in that mm-hmm. taking into the Instagram post, where you go from like, "This caption makes no sense." This photo is a joke. Oh my god, it's real, and the way that the entire cast created that for you. Yeah. I mean, that's that's unbelievable to me. And then you just kind of have to after you sort of are finished being rocked by it, you just have to sit back and be like, wow, the experience (laughs) that these people create for us as a viewer is unbelievable. A hundred percent. And also Romaine's comment of maybe now people will stop talking about Jason and Mary was like. Again, and Romaine is not one of the top performers on the show, but we have him just inserting a little arc for himself in that next season to be like, I'm tired of. People talking about Jason and Mary. I mean, good work. Yeah, I'm the, the most shocking thing to me is that Davina didn't comment. They're doing this for attention because that is what because <laughs> that is what Davina would. Do. Yeah, yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Incredible. So, so we've got a stand on our hands. We have um, we have someone who I feel safe with, and yes. I feel uh, we have a lot to learn from you today. But before we learn from you, we do have a test for you today. Um, I do want to preface this test by saying that there are no reality shows competing in this first game. So we are in the land of scripted SoCal television for this game, which is name that 90s SoCal theme song. So I have collected six 
iconic pieces of music that really set the tone for the worlds that they were introducing. So I'm going to play you um, the opening of these six different TV shows. Again, I want to say there were six different scripted (laughs) series set in SoCal in the 90s. um, And... There were more that I I had to stop myself. This is not an exhaustive list, uh, but there was something going on in the 90s with SoCal. So anyways, are you ready, Jake, to name that 90s yes. SoCal tune? All right. I know you are. I'm excited. So excited. I will say it it starts at the easy level and it gets pretty advanced. But I think I think if anyone can do this, you can. Oof, I'm I'm really nervous. Okay. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Incredible. Incredible. I knew that one. I knew we'd have you on that one. Let's see. All right. So one one for one, one point on the board. 90210. Let's see if you can get this one. You've got this okay. one. Is this is this Melrose? It is Melrose Place. Oh, thank God. Okay, okay. Thank yes, God. you crushed it. Melrose Place, the spinoff of Beverly Hills. We are two for two. You're crushing it. Let's see if you can keep this streak up with number three. Laid back moves. Sky above and below. Good vibration. Feeling <laughs> okay, just based. Okay, so the first lyrics were "tough dudes with attitude." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the question I'm asking myself is: Was this a song written for the show, in which those are like that is like a, a slug line, mm-hmm. or did they just pick a track? And I don't know the answer to that question. <sighs> this is humiliating. Is it? Is it Baywatch? It is not Baywatch. Oh, it has that feel though. It does. Sure. It have was that beachy. Feel. It was so beachy to me it's that so that was beachy. My guess. Okay. Um, it was a teen sitcom that aired on NBC that premiered on September 12th, 1992. Okay. I was not born yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm hearing that feedback and I'm taking it in. Is it California Dreams? Yes! Nice. Okay. okay, great. Nicely no. done. When that song started, like I know we don't have songs for ringtones anymore, but mm-hmm. I want that song as my ringtone. <laughs> yeah. No, I listened to this on a loop yesterday when I was downloading these. I was like, this one slaps. <laughs> ringtones. Let me just say this about ringtones. I don't think ringtones should ever come back because at this point, I think it's rude for you to have your phone on sound at any point. Oh, in yeah. Time. And then, but what never should have left, and I think we all know what I'm going to say. What? The ring, the ring back tone. Oh. Okay. I did like it ring back. I don't know why we ever abolished the ring back tone because I think it really set a tone for the person you were calling. Do you know what I mean? You knew what kind of thing you were getting based on what that right, ring back tone was. Right, 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 right. I, this morning, I, for the first time, had my phone not on silent and heard what my ringtone was for the first time <laughs> in a really long time. <laughs> yeah. And I was alarmed, but also delighted to find out it's still Alanis Morissette. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. There you go. For a minute, I thought I had just turned on the like my my Spotify, but then I was like, oh, no, my phone's ringing. 
It's <laughs> confused. All right. Well, you are three for three. Let's see Killing if you can it. keep absolutely. it up. Killing You're absolutely it. crushing it. Let's see if you know this next SoCal theme song. All right, do we have okay. a guess? Well, I'm going to say it's a hard Beverly Hills rip. Like, they were mm-hmm. like, let's just mm-hmm. do what worked on Beverly Hills. And Correct. Correct. Absolutely correct. So going in line with that, the show is probably also a Beverly Hills rip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, the, the work here is astonishing. So I would have to say, fuck, okay. Um, I will say you're heading in the right direction. This is an Aaron Spelling joint. This wow. is an Aaron Spelling project. So you're really, you're you're heading in the right way, direction. So less of a rip and more of a just, you know what, it works. Let me do it again. Mm-hmm. What did what did Aaron do after Melrose and before Charmed? That's a huge question to ask myself. That's mm-hmm. a huge question to ask. I will say this. This wasn't as big of a hit as he wanted it to be. Is this 30-something? No. Mm-hmm. But I okay. love that. I love that. That that is in your mind at all. I love it. Well, because they're remaking it as 40 so- or mm-hmm. they're remaking mm-hmm. it's coming back. Moving yeah. on. Oh, okay, wait, what was that? I, I think I This lost. is the Carrie Russell, Tony Luca star vehicle, Malibu Shores from 1996. God bless. Wow. We love we love a Carrie Russell moment before she got Felicity. I actually did not know Carrie Russell had a leading role before Felicity. So that's really interesting to learn. Yeah. Charisma Carpenter on the show as well. Mm-hmm. Charisma. Charisma. And mm-hmm. we had Randy Spelling trying to have his moment. Dad, oh. Dad was trying to give Randy a moment. Oh, you mean Randy also anonymously auditioned for the role and got it? No, I'm pretty sure there was no auditioning for this one. I don't think Randy was playing the games. That, okay, good. Uh, that makes yeah. me respect Randy. I yeah, Randy. I think Randy was just simply surfing the tidal wave of nepotism. Excellent. Uh, well, we thank you, Malibu Shores, for doing what you did. All right, here's another deep. Like I said, these get harder. Th- these last two are some deep cuts, I will warn you. Here we go. I have just, I'm going to say, I don't think I've ever heard this song in my life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, this is, it, this one is tricky because technically this is a soap opera. So like, a, a, like actually aired in the daytime, um, not just a night. So nighttime that soap. actually would, that makes me more upset because I grew up watching Days of Our Lives with mm-hmm. my mom as a small, small child in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm more want to know a daytime show in the 90s than I am. But it's obviously, it's not one of the big three. I feel like I remember my mom being like, I don't like that rando one. This one was on NBC. Is Days ABC? Mm, wait, no. ABC was All My Children, One Life to Live, and Great, and, and General Hospital. I think Days and As the World Turns are NBC. Yeah, so, so this, this should have been. no excuse. Yeah, this should have been on your radar. It's probably like, like Ocean Heights or something. So close. I'm going to give you half points because this one's called Sunset Beach. And it ran from 1997 to 1999, and it followed the loves and lives of people living in the Orange County coastal area. Ahead of its time. Once again, co-produced by Spelling Television. (laughs) 
Nice. I never knew he touched daytime. That's amazing. This That was one of the exciting things for me to learn, too. I didn't know. All right. We have one final one. You have four and a half points out of out of five right now. We got one point left on the board. Okay. Let's let's see if you can crush this one. Okay, so this has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this, and I'm coming up with like that. Their jazzy theme song mm-hmm. has cop energy to me. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Okay. There was a little bit of that, like intro baseline was very Law and Ordery to me. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna say it was like I'm gonna say it's like Malibu PD uh. or something like that. So, so I love you're right in the pocket. Um, this was actually Pacific Palisades, which God damn it, which was a primetime soap once again produced by Aaron. Aaron Sp- <laughs> oh my gosh, they really just gave him the keys in the late nineties. <laughs> this one was on Fox from April to July nineteen ninety seven. It was canceled after only thirteen episodes, but the reason this lives in infamy and is totally iconic is because. They tried at the last minute to save themselves by casting Joan Collins. So they brought Co- Joan Collins in wow. to play uh, the mother of one of the characters in a last ditch effort. And to me, even that didn't work. Wow. That's to so me, that good. is that is everything. Like, come on, Christy, uh, Christina Hobson was her character's name. That's absolutely hmm. phenomenal. Yeah, I love that they wow. that they were like, well, we'll just throw her in and everything will be fine. But it turns out even Joan Collins couldn't save. Pacific Palisades. Damn. Yeah. Um, but I just was dying at how many Aaron Spelling things were out there and how he must have just hired the same guy to do all of the themes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. One person did all of those. So anyways, Jake, you are clearly an expert. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. I feel good about my score. Yeah. You did great. You did incredible. And the work that you showed was... Outstanding. Um, I do want to take one quick moment just to say that as silly as all of these theme songs are, I have to admit that when I was like thinking about music from SoCal TV shows, a lot of my aesthetic comes from the soundtracks of these TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like the OC, Veronica Mars, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like Veronica Mars. Sorry, I should have mentioned that earlier for credentials. Like, sorry, that sorry, I just need to get that out there that I'm not. I'm not a fucking noob here with Veronica Mars. We're okay, thank God. Or thank God. Sorry. I assumed Completely. I assumed it would come up at some point. Um, you you can't be proficient in Buffy and not also Veronica. Oh right, because you were the two. Uh, I t- we when we did the show, mm-hmm. the new season had just aired, and mm-hmm. we had dissenting opinions on. We did. We did. We did. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up that we we're on other sides of the fence about the Veronica Mars reboot, but. But here we are. Here it's we out are. There. And we're still speaking. We're still speaking. And Caitlin, did you watch? Are you a V of our Uncle Mars head? Mm, oh yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, should we just have a moment to pause and and say why you were wrong, Jake? I mean, I think ultimately the proof is in the pudding that I was wrong because like they have not <laughs> continued to make it. But like I was like, I was I did agree, like for the sake of logistics, like what they were trying to do made sense from like a production standpoint. Yes. And also like I don't know that, like, actually, narratively, like, Logan and Veronica are a stable couple that are going to, like, last, the, you, like, you know what I mean? Like, 
Um, that that being said, is Jason is there something like unfortunately like on a chemical level that like Jason Doring Scientologist does to my like body? Unfortunately, yeah. yes. Like there's yeah. something that happens there that's really intense. It's I I bravely um watched a compilation video um just a few nights ago of moments of just him from like the beginning of the series to the end of the reboot and I'm still standing here today breathing um which is miraculous because I do have asthma no, that's intense yeah that's uh, intense. wow yeah. Mm-hmm. it is just really funny and plug your ears like spoiler okay like if you haven't watched the reboot like fast forward 30 seconds but like we do just have to say that there is like profound inherent comedy mm-hmm. to Logan Jason Doring being killed off by Patton Oswald. Like that, <laughs> so that there's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. profound. Yeah, I had actually yeah. completely forgotten that's what happened until you said it, and I'm enjoying it again. Yeah, like I'm sorry, like when you kind of zoom out from like mm-hmm. the devastating uh, devastation of the moment, like yeah. the optics of that are really kind of funny. Okay. Yeah, I just you know if they wanted to do a big character death, it here's here's my pitch. Um, Kristen Bell, you're busy. We get it. Kill Veronica. Wow. Kill Veronica. I mean, that's intense. Kill Veronica and keep Mars investigation open. <laughs> Just watch Keith with absolutely descended into alcoholism within three episodes. <laughs> and it's Keith- fully a leaving Las Vegas. Like <laughs> have, have Keith and, and and Logan become buddy buddy detectives. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! And Wallace like works the front desk. Yeah, yeah. Stop! I can't. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And it can be called Men Are from Mars. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. On that note, I think we need to take a commercial break because uh, <laughs> this this line of thought is going nowhere. Good. We'll be right back. <laughs> You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. 
New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. Or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. Well, uh, Caitlin put me in a timeout, but I still stand behind my idea and I will not be silenced. But I will quietly step aside to allow you, Caitlin, to present your thesis today. Okay, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thesis is that there's a unique kind of big bad to these SoCal shows that you don't see in like the New York glossy teen shows or the small town teen shows where I think like Gossip Girl, it's all like, how are we going to make it in this city? How are we going to find our place? And in the One Tree Hill, Dawson's Creek of it all, there's like, how are we, are we ever going to make more of our lives than this One Tree Hill world? And actually the, the, California shows are like, they're all pretty like happy. Like they're just like, yeah, this is pretty good. But there's one looming big bad that is unique on these shows and it's cults. So many of these SoCal shows have an iconic cult ep. Mm -hmm. So on Veronica Mars, as we were just speaking of, they had the episode Drinking the Mm Kool-Aid where Veronica has to investigate a classmate who has uh, sort of been lost to something called the Moon Calf Collective, which oh, right, I forgot about that. I love, mm-hmm. um, and then she like with the Veronica character, we're not going to see her fully join a cult, but at one point, Wallace thinks she's getting more sympathetic to the cult. Mm. There's this sense that like cults are around and cults are preying on high schoolers at all times. <laughs> on nine hundred two one zero, we have an iconic cult called the new evolution that Kelly Taylor falls prey to for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think four or five episodes she is in the new evolution and I will put it on our social media. Everyone needs to look up the cult leader, Patrick Finley from 90210 because he looks straight up like a kind of more put together version of Keith Ranieri oh, 100%. Um, of Nexium. And I'm Googling it literally right now. Yeah, same as Patrick. The character's name is Patrick Fenley. Uh, and he's a professor. Caitlin saw this immediately when we were watching The Vow last year. Like, I immediately got the DM screenshot. She was like, he's, we've seen this cult leader before. He's already done this in Beverly Hills. Yes. Oh, wow. He really does. <laughs> yes. It's weird. Um, but they do save Kelly from the cult. Um, mm-hmm. And then on Buffy... There is the cult um, that they want to be uh, preyed on by vamps. Yes. I don't remember if they have a specific name. They also have the reptilian cult on Buffy. They have the reptilian cult. They have the vampire cult. Yeah. There's a handful of cults over the course of Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. So this seems to be a unique plot line to these California shows. Now, I could not find one in the OC. Who for thought on that? I don't know. Um, give Marissa two more seasons and she's cult. In I literally yeah. kept Googling Marissa Cooper cult because I was like, <laughs> there has to have been one. Like, I have There's to There's like right. no way. The but. closest is when like Summer goes to college and gets in with like the militant liberals. Yeah. They, they present that in, oh, in a similar fashion. Like, it, the math doesn't quite add up, but like that's, they were trying to be different, but follow the math. Um, So I found an article on Vanity Fair about why California is associated with cults. (gasps) 
Wait, this is so fascinating. So the claim is that actually it's not Californians, but they are often based in California uh, for a couple reasons. One, uh, this is an interesting term. California is considered unchurched, doesn't, which is not true. There's obviously plenty of churches in California, but it, it doesn't have as much of a religious legacy. So it seems like wide open for a new a new religion and because they're trying to get celebrities because they're trying to promote themselves. And of course, one has done this extremely well and that's Scientology. And then we have the connection of Leah Remini was on Saved by the Bell. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. And then we have Andrew Keegan and starting his cult, uh, which... Oh, never forget that. Is... Never. Uh, called Full Circle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was not actually in any of these SoCal shows. And I feel like, in a way, he's participating in them by <laughs> actually living <laughs> it, which is weird that he wasn't in those, but that's strange. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my thesis, is that that this is such an interesting recurring theme. Uh, it's needed on every... We need to see it really on more of the reality shows. We need to see <laughs> yeah. Selling Sunset join a cult. I would lose my mind. Wait, well, you, everyone who who wants selling sunsets, the one that's joining the cult. My answer, my answer was immediate. I would have said prior. Well, no, I I'm gonna stick with it, Chriselle. Chriselle. Oh, see, I disagree. I was gonna say Mary. Weirdly. Oh, for me, it's Heather. Like, absolutely, it's Heather. Oh, I kind of like forgot about Heather. <laughs> well, that's, and that's why she it makes sense. <laughs> well, because she's in a cult, and that cult is called Tarek Al Musa. Like, <laughs> she is like. Heather is 100% someone who joins a cult for earnest reasons. Chriselle is someone who 100% joins because she's like, I will go for the networking opportunities at Scientology. Like, like she would she would 100% walk in and be like, I will sign this contract to be someone's Scientology wife. You know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. She's someone that should she and Jason ever break up, and I can't, I can't imagine it. It's one true love. But she's someone that is like definitely in contact with PR people. She's like available to date John Mulaney next. If yeah, <laughs> I'm not convinced that her last marriage oh. wasn't a PR marriage. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. One has to assume, but we love that for her. We love that for her. Oh, it's a great journey. I you can't do anything but like you can't do anything but have respect for the hustle with those women. Mm-hmm. You really mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm all. I and and they got. They got my uh, my favorite guy, Shimuli, on there. So come on. Oh yeah, that's gonna be weird. Uh, yeah, but yeah. the cult mm-hmm. thesis is interesting because you're right. It is such a it's such a common theme, and also as the viewer, it feels so right. You're like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, of course, mm-hmm. this would happen. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, if a cult were to come up in a New York show, you'd be like, there's no way in fucking hell. Like, it's not happening. Yeah, I mean, how do they even get the real estate? Like, it just doesn't logistically it's, make sense. Logistically, there's no way. Right, and like in a way like the scary of like New York is like the old money. And it's like, mm. those are a secret society in its own way, but they're not looking to recruit. They're actually looking to get rid of people. That's true. I feel like part of it is also like the idea of joining a cult often comes from people who are like very adrift in life because mm-hmm. they're like, what does anything mean? Where And I feel like a lot of that comes in when you kind of live in a place that does, when you're not being like, cause like in New York, it's like, you don't have time to think about like thinking, think existentially because you're literally just trying to like make rent. So there's yeah, not right. as much of like, whereas like in California, at least back, especially back then, the way it's like viewed as this sort of like utopic paradisical. What is the adjective of paradise? Is there um, one? Uh, I almost said paradisical and that's definitely <laughs> wrong. I was going to go along with it. I was into okay. it. But like that sort of thing, it's like 
the boredom of paradise, right, mm. comes in and the depression comes in and you need movement, you need like direction. And that's where the cults come and they get you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they come and they get you. The new and evolution. Did you guys watch The Following, the Kevin Bacon show? Did that take place? In oh, Colorado? that was, I think, East Coast. It did feel East Coast. Yeah, and I actually looked up the path as well. And the path took place in upstate New York, which I found. Which was a which was a plot hole, which was a plot hole. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. It is interesting. But then Nexium was in upstate New York, literally. That's true. Also, there, well, I'm fact, from Vermont. Though. I'm from Vermont, and there is a restaurant in my hometown that's owned by a cult, and so you can't go there morally, but the food is delicious. All right. Well. I do have to say, I think there are a lot more cults actively uh, in the world than I ever realized until quarantine when I watched endless true crime and documentaries that were, were exposing various active cults around the country. Um, but I guess Hollywood's just decided that they only exist on the West Coast. And I agree with that. Right. Creatively. It, they, they do exist other places. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. the narrative only really Oh my works. God. I just there. remembered. I just remember. Sorry. I just remembered the episode of Angel where they find a vampire MLM. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And, oh sorry, my like, God. I sort of like. Angel did some wild stuff. Harmony yes. is in a vampire ML. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh. Angel went some funny so places. Um. Yeah. So. Oh. That's it, folks. Cult. Yeah. Cult. Let's yeah. join. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful to know that. I'm thankful that you've recognized it, and I'm excited to see where reality TV takes this observation next. Yeah. Yeah. That's Absolutely. all I have to say. But I think it's time to play another game. I think it is. I think yeah. so. Okay. All right, yeah, Jake. Yeah. We have a, a game on the show called Pitch Fire where we have our guests pitch different elements of a show. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping this one pretty specific, but also keeping the game free form. The game is called The Hills Are Not Alive. So <laughs> The Hills reboot. I don't feel it went well. I'm hearing Spidey is getting a spinoff. And I'm putting complete creative control in your hands, Jake Cornell. Please tell us, how do we save the hills? How do we save it? And should other uh, people that have been involved continue to be? Uh, the Audrinas of the world, the Jasons, the Justin you do. I mean, the most obvious choice is you do all new cast. Lauren Conrad is the Kelly Cutrone. Wow. Okay. Or, but I guess Cutrone is, Cutrone's the city, but we know what I'm saying. Right. The girl from, who was the woman from Vote, Teen Vogue? You make Lauren Conrad her. It's a full circle moment. And then you have new people that we don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get Allison Jones to cast this shit. You hire the best, the top fucking oh, casting wow. people. You cast like reality, selling sunset level reality performers in their, tw- in their early 20s. And you just start from square one. Go back to what worked. Make it updated for this and have Lauren Conrad be the boss character and you have this sort of looming tension of like is history going to repeat itself are we the best friends of the show going to become like you have this villain sort of be the show that was before and these self-fulfilling prophecies and i think that that would be hugely engaging because i think the meta level would work for the you and eyes of the viewing audience Mm -hmm. but then the the gen zers who have never seen the hills would come in with these new casts and still be totally on board do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, totally. The problem is, like, context at some point gets too heavy and it gets too sad. Like, at some point, like, Spidey is just, like, we've seen too much of it to, like, be able to view it objective or to be able to view it, like, singularly and enjoy it in this fun way. Because we're like, you know, like, they're 
this might be like the like late stage of an abusive relationship at one point in time. You know, there's like this stuff that kind of comes up. Whereas it's like, let's start fresh, clean slate. But there is still like the context of the previous show will remain. But I just want to see like a new girl where Lauren Conrad's the boss mm-hmm. and she throws a party and the new girl's like, do I let my friends into the party? Like, and it's, wow. you know, that I just, I think that that's your go. I think that that's the move. Wow. Wow. Beautiful. I want to watch that. It's interesting. Right? I, I've heard uh, Spencer say he felt like the cast of the reboot was like just too manicured at all times and they weren't really willing to have good storylines. Um, so we do need some young, hungry people. 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like all reality TV obviously has some staged elements to it. But like, Audrina, like, She's just recycling these same guys. It's like, what? Like, you're not dating Brody now. You're not. Like, stop. No, there's no way, right? And it's like, I think youth is a key to it because I think the, like, early 20s, I don't know who I am fully. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I like. And watching people figure that out in real time is part of what makes it work, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Because without it, it just gets like set. It gets sad and awkward, and they know that, and they don't want to go there. So then you just see this inauthentic, weird shit, right? And you have Rod Stewart's son. It's also like engaging to watch. Like, what's like? Like, let's talk about some of the most iconic conflicts of the hills. It's like, okay, Jason or Paris, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We can all watch like a twenty-two-year-old go Jason or Paris, and we're like, obviously the choice is Paris, but I get it when you're twenty-two, and that's engaging. It's like a thirty-three-year-old was like. I don't know, Jason or Paris, I'd be like, fuck you, idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, get over it and go to Paris and FaceTime this man. Like, <laughs> 100%. 100%. I don't I just wanna, think you, yeah. youth is a key factor. That relationship still kind of rocks me, the Lauren and Jason of it all. Because we met him separately on like season two of Laguna. And it was like, that's just a pairing I didn't see coming, but I learned so much about both of them in that it was that it happened. 100 percent it's yeah it shows for jason it's like oh you just want to be with whoever the star of the show is correct right and for lauren i don't even know what it says like there's a deeply weird vibe about a girl woman who's 19 who has left college dating a high school senior boy is a real a real unique dynamic it's yeah that is very unique mm-hmm. for sure i forgot that she's older mm-hmm. it's wild um it's interesting i don't think that cast i mean other than spencer who's constantly trying that cast is not really fully capitalized on how famous they were at one point like they've i mean and spencer has said like they got completely killed by jersey shore and yeah. um you look at Brody Jenner. I mean, his stepsisters are the Kardashians. Like, and he, he just doesn't quite—I don't know—turn turn the ignition over to being. I feel like as famous as he could be, but maybe. But is it because he's just not? There's nothing there. Oh no, there's nothing. There's just nothing. <laughs> like, what do you do with like? How does he get anyone excited about what he has to offer? You know, like I'm sure he goes into like a pitch meeting or something, and it's what do you do with that just absolute hunk of vanilla? You also, well, part of it is like when you sign up to be a reality star, and this is what I think the Selling Sunset cast does so well, 
is like if you're gonna do it well, like you're not gonna look good at all Mm-mm. times, and you're yes. gonna look really bad a lot of the time, and it's gonna be your name. You're not playing. You're yep. playing a character, but that character is you, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be tied to your name and your image yep. and your story. And you have to kind of like, and that's like the selling your soul of it a little bit is mm-hmm. like you actually are like kind of putting a, your, you are truly selling it in a respect. And I don't think the cast of The Hills was fully willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Totally. But it does, it does negatively impact the watchability of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right. Their lives aren't actually intertwined. So, and that's, that's just true of a lot of reality shows. But again, some just do it better to make us believe that all these women well, that was go, the you know. thing about the reboot. Like, that was the thing about the reboot is watching, like, Whitney, Audrina, and Caitlin meet up for dinner and being like, this has happened never in your life. Never. Like, you three are never meeting up. And it, so it feels <laughs> so stale. And Jason's wife sometimes. Like, what? Truly ridiculous. So it's like, that's where it doesn't really work. Like, like do I think that a single person on Selling Sunset has ever sold a house in their life? No. But <laughs> does the framework of saying, like, oh, they work at this office and they go there, like, and it gives them this, con- like, yes, I believe all that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if Chriselle ever sold a house? Could be crazy. That would be insane. She's stood next to people while they've done it. I believe that. Totally. Well, Yeah. Jake, I feel like you really solved this. Well, you didn't just solve this. Actually, listening to you all talk this out, it like really also reminds me of of the BH90210 reboot in Scripted Land. It failed for like the exact same reasons. Like they just were not willing to play the part audiences wanted to see, right? So like they made such work that show fell apart because all of these actors became producers they all got involved in their storylines and they just like weren't willing to play game and so they crashed and burned and that's such a bummer like i think like listening to you talk about the hills i'm like yeah like what were the 90210 actors all thinking and why did they all get excited about this thing that like they ultimately didn't want to do what the fans wanted so they all just got together to create something nobody wanted The 90210 the 90210 reboot should have been them fully grown as adults living in California and then like incredibly camp performances of high school drama as adults. Yeah. It would have been meta. It would have been the sugary, delicious thing we wanted. And they wouldn't have looked stupid because Mm-mm. it would have been like almost a commentary. A hundred. And instead the like half the half baked thing they did is like not did not work. No. It was weird. It was weird. Anyways, you <sighs> gave me a lot to think about. Uh yeah. Anyways, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to once again DM Tori Spelling. She hasn't responded yet, but maybe this new fresh perspective will <laughs> finally get a response. This this will be my day. We'll be right back. All right. Well, I, I slid into Tori's DMs. It's up to God now. I, you know, Jesus, take the wheel. Let her know that I'm just trying to be a friend. Also, let her know that I saw her commenting on Hilaria Baldwin's Instagram. And <laughs> I just, if she needs a friend, I'm here. I will help you, Tori. Um, but today, today I have a thesis that is actually inspired by Beverly Hills 90210. But it's something that has bothered me since I was a young child. And I bring it to you all today to see what you think. But I personally was heartbroken when the cast of 90210 went to college. They like slowly took the Walsh parents and put them out to pasture. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad 
Walsh, Brenda and Brandon's parents had been like a big part of that show. And then they just like sent them to, I think, Hong Kong. Hong Kong, yeah. They like transferred dad to Hong Kong. <laughs> and like that was just an excuse to like be able to keep the house but move Steve into it. Right. And this is something that I think is a problem with a lot of the like SoCal teen shows. That transition from like, oh, it was a show about high schoolers and now they're not in high school. And we all, I don't think any of these shows have done particularly well with that transition. And in large part, I think it's because, and listen, I admit listeners of the show know as a child, I was shipping the grandparents on the Waltons. So like, I've always been looking at the older cast members and getting invested. But I think a big problem with some of these so-called shows is that they underestimate the fact that, like, we're investing not just in the, like, hot teens on the show, but, like, we care about the community as a whole, right? Like, we're into, like, the world. And that whole world means the parents, too. And I think that, like, there are so many story problems that could be fixed in some of these uh worlds if you actually invested in those characters like some of the stuff i feel like an example of this is like on veronica mars we have keith and keith Mm -hmm. and veronica's like ultimately if you ask me what veronica mars is about it ultimately is a story about a father and daughter to me at its very core much like gilmore girls is at its core a relationship about mother and daughters and i think that helps a lot because those relationships are going to go with you no matter where you go in life right like your mom is always going to be your mom even if you don't talk to her for 10 years and like veronica Mars sort of addresses that like but there are even times with that where they don't fully believe that we believe that a person like a father-daughter relationship is enough of an excuse to like go visit home i don't know like it's like i don't think i wonder sometimes if people in writers rooms um have families because (laughs) they seem to really not sure how be sure how they work and i know they all work differently i'm sure all three all three of us have different family dynamics but like the concept of family i would think you know i I haven't had a reason beyond my family to be back in Oklahoma for years, but I go back fairly often. And when I do, I see other people and we have reunions and we see each other and we know how people are going. I don't know. So I just think my thesis today is that we need to believe in the power of the family dynamic a little bit stronger in SoCal shows to help keep the fabric of these worlds a little tighter. That's my thesis. Why did we have to kill off Joyce? Why did we have to send the Walshes to Hong Kong? Why can't we, you know, let Keith have, you know, have a full storyline on his own? I don't know. Thoughts from you all, reactions to this thesis? It's interesting (laughs) because the shows that you mentioned, like, you know, 210, Buffy, Mm -hmm. they do have parents in the shows. Yeah. Whereas, like, famously, like, One Tree Hill, again, the East Coast ones... The parents might be characters, but you don't always sense that they really live with them. <laughs> like even like like Brooke's mom uh, from Gossip Girl, like iconic performances when she's there. But like when she's not in a scene, you have no feeling that Brooke is going home to that house. Uh, sure. But like the Walshes, like, you know, they're always together. Like they and then like Joyce, the mom and, and obviously the OC parents are like super involved. I think. I think the OC of all of the shows I've seen about this, I think they did it the best. Like Sandy Cohen as like is is like the ultimate dilf of SoCal <laughs> uh series. Like on the OC, they were like, Oh, we know you like these guys. 
Um, and, and they like they bought into it in a way that I think the other shows didn't. And I think it's part of why that show had a lot more crossover appeal, too. Like, I remember going like when that show was airing, I remember going to school and like talking to one of my teachers about it. And he was always like, did you see the OC last night? And I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, that's fun. I feel like I I'm, I will say I would I would defend the choice to kill off Joyce mm-hmm. well, purely yeah. because I think it was like an incredible exploration of like losing a parent. Like I do. Yes, 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 yes. So yeah. like I do think that felt less like that doesn't feel to me like shipping the Walshes off to Hong Kong, which is like get them off this thing. But mm-hmm. like because like all of that feels so studio intervention of like yes. look at season four, the main cast salaries have gone up to a hundred thousand up. Mm-hmm. So you need to we, we're not paying these act. You need to slim down your series regulars list. Yes. And like we'll get some, we'll get some like tertiary characters to do this thing, plot wise. Mm-hmm. I feel like that has to be the number one motivator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do agree it does thin the reality of the show. Absolutely. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. The way they handled Joyce's exit is, uh, you're right. That was artistry. That was beautiful. I, I shouldn't have thrown that out there, but I think like I wonder if that was a studio note that they found a creative way to explore, right? Like they did that well, but I just think it's just a trend. And I don't think, I don't know. You're right. It's just handled differently on some of the East coast shows. Mm -hmm. It's just weird. It's just a different thing. It just feels different. You know, Lauren, I meant to tell you this. uh, I was explaining to Lauren, you know, off mic in our Mm -hmm. off pod life about the movie cocktail and how she should see it because it does, it is one man's triumphant Mm -hmm. uh, journey from Queens to the Upper East Side. It's really the Lauren Brickman story in so many ways. And there is a scene where he's bartending in Jamaica, he being, of course, Tom Cruise and James Eckhouse, who plays Mr. Walsh Mm -hmm. is like, they keep getting his face in the shot and he's like at the bar. But that scene was obviously cut. But you can tell that he had lines with Tom Cruise that aren't in it. So it's just <gasps> very odd that you have like oh, Mr. Like, that's so funny. Like Mr. Walsh is like framed in to several scenes that that mean nothing because <laughs> he's not, he doesn't actually have any lines. <laughs> oh, that's I, I love when you can catch a scene in a movie like that. That's such a satisfying thing to be yeah. like, oh, why is that person in focus? That makes no sense. And I'm obviously obsessed with Nigeria. So I was like, oh, Mr. Walsh isn't going to be in this scene. I was like, wait. Mr. Walsh is never speaking. Oh, we left Jamaica. Mr. Walsh is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, James Eckhouse. God bless him. I guess I, I guess I really just, you know, shoehorned this thesis in because I've just, I've always missed Mr. Walsh. I always loved James Eckhouse. I loved him. That would be such a funny concept of a comedy show would be a show that is like all about the parents of like a Riverdale 90210 shape show mm-hmm. and you never see the kids but you're it's just these parents constantly dealing with this fallout of like absolute derangement That's funny I would that love would it be really funny I would be absolutely obsessed with that or like if there's like I also imagine there's I like to imagine there's like an island of like miss like cast off parents they're all just together like on retirement island <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. A mix-up show and all-stars of the parents. Wow. Oh, my God. Teen show parents all-stars. That's incredible. I need to see it. And, like, they have, like, sage advice offs or, like, they compete in different <gasps> contests. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, quick, you have uh, 60 seconds to give us your best uh, justification for why you're doing your best. <laughs> Do you know what I'm realizing is also maybe part of why it doesn't work or yeah, why tell they me about kind it. of cut parents out? Because I'm thinking about how do you, I'm. Do you both watch Pen Fifteen? Yes. Yeah. 
the juxtaposition of parents and children makes you view the kids as more kids, right? Yes. And like on these shows, you're viewing these teens in like very adult situations. And mm-hmm. so to constantly right. have their parents there is like to be reminded that you're watching children, which mm. is like antithetical to watching them getting like hot and heavy. Mm, wow. I wonder if that's interesting. part of it as well. Interesting. That is interesting. That we need that the the feeling is that the f- the family needs to disappear so we can see them as grown ups, hmm. which is kind of how it feels when you go to college, right? When you're like, I don't want to talk to mom. I'm like trying to get you, or like you know what I mean. Like right. you're trying to like yeah. establish yourself as separate, right? Whereas these characters can't move because that's not how the shows work. So the parents exactly. have to mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fade out of existence. Yeah, I just think it would be. I want to go back in time and like you know, look at 90210 and see the more realistic thing where, like, some of those friends stop talking. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. Like, I, what's that look like? Well, that was, like, that made me laugh so hard when they finally announced, like, how they're, how Samantha's not going to be in, and just like that. hmm And they were just like, oh, sh- they're not friends anymore. Like, that's all it is. Like, they're not killing her off. She doesn't, like, live in Tokyo. That's like, no, they grew apart. And it's like, God bless. Like I love that. I love that they're... Because that happens. There's... You 100%. Lose, you, I'm shocked at how many friends I still have from high school. But I also... There are so many people that I couldn't tell you where planet they live on anymore. It will be so fulfilling if they have a scene and they're like, does anyone still follow Samantha on Instagram? Because did you just see, like, this weird thing she posted? That will feel so real. Mm-hmm. And I'll be so happy. But I do hold out hope. Kim K, Kim C, come back. Kim K, come back. All the kids come no, back. <laughs> there is no amount of credit card debt in the world that will get her to do that show. I don't believe it. I just don't think. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Because I hope what, so. What she wants and needs isn't money. And Sarah Jessica Parker is certainly get, not going to give Kim Cattrall what she actually wants and needs. Sarah Jessica is never going to admit defeat in this battle that they've been no. in. Never. We'll see. We'll see. Interesting. Oh, that's Why? East what do you say? I mean, that's East Coast. Sorry, we're not in California. Though maybe Samantha lives in LA. She did it for a minute. Maybe she went back. Maybe it changed her. You know, we've all experienced that. We've all been there. We've all been oh, there. Oh, Sam joins a cult. <gasps> that's Love what it. happens. That's funny if she's just in Scientology and that's their, they're, they're like, yeah, she's fully in Scientology, so we don't talk to her anymore. And that's how they write her out of the show. Yeah. That would be, honestly, nothing would make me happier than if Sam Jones, Scientologist, was a spinoff. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. To become the official PR person for the Church of Scientology. That's dark. Wow. Uh, Scientology PR is definitely a show I'd watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's true hell. (laughs) That's true hell. Well, that brings me to a great question, though. What We've talked about the We're SoCal... TV has been we talked a little bit about where it could go but ultimately what is what is the dream show for SoCal uh television now that we're in the year 2021 looking towards 2022 2023 TV season what is the prime time SoCal drama we need right now um I think you do an unreal for a hills like show <gasps> wow you're hitting it out of the park oh my god I just got chills like an unreal for an Adam DeBello show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That to me, I mean, I'd, call, I'd cancel all my plans to watch it. And I would actually, I would like, um, I would never work for anything harder than to get on it. Like, I, Yeah. I would yeah. be like, hey, I, I want to write this. I want to be in this. Like, this is chemically I what I need. would yeah. give up everything I have to sit outside their offices until they eventually gave me a scrap. <laughs> yeah. Scrap. Like, I need a, t- 
I'll do a co-star. I'll do a guest star. Like literally anything. Give it to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, we need it. We need it. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Well, before we say goodbye, any final thoughts on SoCal shows? Damn. Um, Guys, like literally just everyone DM me when they announce season four of Selling Sunset because I need it okay. so bad. Okay. That's we why will. I just, right. I don't, I don't want to live one second longer than I can, than I have to without that announcement. Okay. okay. Great. Okay. That's, okay, great. Stan Stans, you've heard it here. Everybody what? DM Jake. Thank you. Every <laughs> single person. I want to crash Instagram. Yeah. Well, speaking of crashing Instagram, for our Stan Stans who have fallen into stand with you, Jake, where can they get more of you and your hot takes? My handle is Jake W. Cornell at, on all the platforms. So follow me there. We love it. And Stan Stans, you can follow us at We Stand Social. We're also on all the platforms. Let us know what topics you want next. And let us know if there's a guest we should be reaching for. And more importantly, leave a five-star review. Yeah, could be fun. Could be wild. Could be absolutely <laughs> the wildest thing you do today. Catch you later, Stan Stans. Later. Bye. Michelle Gallagher. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My gran says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts.